Hey, podcast listener, even if you are alone in your entrepreneurial pursuit, know that today, right now in your earbuds, you are joined by thousands of entrepreneurs all around the globe seeking to do the same thing you are. If you want to know more about this program or this podcast or want to get barraged by a lot of annoying pop-ups, check out our website, lifestylebusinesspodcast.com. Yeah, buddy. It's Thursday morning. That means it's time for another Lifestyle Business Podcast where we believe building a business is the ideal way to create more freedom and opportunity for you, your family, and those around you. And those around me is my captain, my co-host, a man who is so business class, he only flies coach. Welcome to the program, Ian. If you don't know us, we're two dudes with the unfortunate responsibility of running a real business with aspirational hopes of becoming professional podcasters one day. How you doing, Ian? Pretty good. Actually, you know, I was thinking about today, uh, watching my favorite comedian, as you know, Louis C.K., and uh, I'm thinking about maybe a career in comedy, like a, you know, <laughs> a stand-up career. What do you think about that? Is it too late? Well, I think we're just funny looking, dude, unfortunately. Hey, I got, I'm not even joking, I got... In 24 hours, over 200 RSS subscribers that I didn't know about. I found them. They're like found money. And I am going to teach the listeners how to do that themselves because even some of the biggest names in the blogosphere are making this mistake that is screwing up their RSS count. So we'll talk about that at the end of the episode. But first, let's talk about the news. We promised last week that we would talk about the Dynamite Circle. We have a bunch new members. The Dynamite Circle is essentially our private mastermind group or forum. Another, There's a bunch of ways you could call it, I suppose. But anyway, it's, it's the way that if you really love the podcast and you're a business person, it's sort of that next level. Like, all right, I appreciate what you guys are doing. Like, what's the next thing I can do to further engage the kind of values and things that you guys are talking about on the show? So Ian, as sort of a, a user of the Dynamite Circle, can you just give us an idea of what it is for you and who you'd want to be in the Dynamite Circle? Because we are limiting the membership of it. It's like there's only ever going to be a certain number of people that can join. Um, And that's for a reason. So you can't be impartial, but just explain to me from your perspective the kinds of things that you're getting from the Dynamite Circle. So the Dynamite Circle is a pretty cool place to hang out if you are a business person or if you're an aspiring entrepreneur or if you already are an entrepreneur. There are people in there that are doing legitimate business. Some guys are running real big time businesses. Um, Other people are just getting started, but everybody in there has some kind of business. So you get to exchange ideas and thoughts with other people that are doing business. So you have a quick question about uh, something actually that came up this week. One of our uh, TMBA interns swiveled in their chair, started typing away, and within a few minutes they had an answer. Uh, from the uh, DC community. So it's a community where people can learn about business. Yeah, and what we do is we pull out the best threads as sort of interactive quick start guides, and we skew heavily on things like offshore incorporation, taxes, lots of SEO talk, lots of gray hat-ish kind of stuff, because, you know, our sort of business takes advantage of a lot of sort of lifestyle loopholes and tax and incorporation loopholes and staffing loopholes like using overseas staff and stuff like that. 
Probably the best place in the world if you want to incorporate somewhere in Southeast Asia or Hong Kong. Probably the best place in the world if you want to compare and contrast lifestyle in Southeast Asian plots. But I mean, there's a lot of members that are in North America too that are, you know, that are in there as well. So I don't want to say it's only for that kind of stuff. But I mean, absolutely, if you want to incorporate in Hong Kong or the British Virgin Islands or something, it's probably the cheapest place in the world to get that kind of information. A lot of internet marketers have told me to sort of frame the dynamite circle positively. But I actually think that there's like so much crap on the internet, um, especially in the business opportunity space that I feel more comfortable framing the dynamite circle as a reaction or in a negative light. So here's what I would say about the dynamite circle. This is not a spot for beginners. If you're a beginner and you feel like you know, you're know you at square one, um, the best thing to do is like get on our mailing list or write us an email and we'll like hook you up with some stuff that can like get you started. But we definitely like don't want people coming in there who haven't in- already invested a lot of time in their own entrepreneurial type path. Again, you don't need to like necessarily have a big business up and running. But we want people who have spent a lot of time like focusing on a particular skill set. If you're a SEO expert and you work for a firm, like that's fine as long as you come in there, you know, with that kind of expert knowledge and it's not just a matter of you trying to basically Google the group. Because it is a forum and so we want to manage the quality of the community. The other thing it is, is this is not like a business opportunity space. We're not selling you on the dream. We're not selling you. This is definitely a place to like interact with other smart people and share information. Now, on that note, if you are interested in the kinds of niches that we're doing, we do like open kimono 100% two of our URL. One, we have a site that made $20,000 last month that were 100% case study open kimono in the dynamite circle. So there are some, you know, proactive things, but I don't want to like over glamorify or glorify or oversell this thing because there's 120 people in there right now and it's like good enough. And, you know, we've got a business. And so my focus with the dynamite circle you know, we're working on putting on a big conference here in Bali in February or March timeframe. We're working on a bunch of stuff that's sort of related to the Dynamite Circle. We don't need to sell it. You know, like my number one thing is making it an awesome product. Like I want everybody in the DC to sell it for us. So I'm not going to mention it much else on the podcast. I just wanted to sort of get it out in front of people so that they know what's going on. They know there's an opportunity. You can go to the website and like click on inner circle and like see it explained in a little bit more detail. But my hope Ian is that the dynamite circle becomes so good for the members in there that they end up signing up their friends. And I think that that is the sign of a really good product. So most marketing products are a bunch of bluster. Um, I want this to be something that people are like, I really got a lot of value out of that. So you should join too kind of thing. So do you feel like that's a good, a decent wrap up? Like we've said enough about that. I do. And we're business guys, we're running a business and we want to be in here. So we're basically creating the platform that we think would be helpful to us running our business. I mean, we're, we're kind of scratching our own itch with this. I got a cool tweet from a business guy who joined the other day. And, uh, you know, we have a charge on the dynamite circle and then there's a lot of reasons for that that I'm not going to go over here, but he tweeted me 60 minutes later and he said, I made my money back in 60 minutes. <laughs> and I feel the same way. Like, I mean, I do spend tons of effort in this, in this forum. You know, I, I, I'm there every day responding to people, blah, blah, blah. And I'm getting out what I put in for sure. And uh, it's been a really cool experience. And I know a couple of guys have uh, stroken up uh, partnerships in there. That's not really the purpose of this, but that's actually one of the uh, the results of it. 
Yeah, there's no question that, you know, once you build trusting relationships with people, like those are the resulting things. Speaking of trusting relationships with people and DC members, I did an interview with Sean Ogle, who is, you know, our good friend, former Tropical MBA intern and becoming, you know, we always said about Sean that he was going to be successful without us. He didn't need us at all. And we're just happy to have been able to ride his coattails for a few months there when he would have us around. He's actually coming to visit me here in Bali in a few days. So I'm pumped up about that. Sean's got so much to teach the audience about blogging in particular, but Sean's real specialty. And I know a lot of people in our audience are focused on this point, which is like that transition point. If you've got a job, how do you transition to basically getting your first stream of location independent cash flow coming in? And Sean is like right on the crux of that. And that's what uh, he's launching a new product that focuses precisely on that moment of that sort of transition and how to get that first thousand dollars. So I recorded an interview uh, with Sean and just try to basically pull out all the secret sauce from him because he's like really good at stuff like building an audience, blogging, stuff like that. So stick around to the end of the interview where I really like put him on the spot and try to pull the stuff out of him. <laughs> I just want to get the secret sauce from this guy. He's, he's a really fantastic blogger. So anyway, let's move on to the meat and potatoes and interview with the one, the only, the very good looking, the Sean Ogilnader. All right, Sean, I don't need to introduce you. You have been introduced. People know who you are. You're on our radar. What I want to do is take advantage of your expertise. You've been inside of your membership group now for how long has Location Rebel been live? Location Rebel's been live for about five weeks at this point. Okay, so you've got your hands on um, the people. And what would you say the profile of the people in there is? So like just to get an idea of like where these principles are coming from, who is in Location Rebel right now and, and what kind of, who does it attract? You know, I was shocked. The community of Location Rebel, it is all over the map. Everyone from the, you know, 22 year old recent college graduate up to, we've got one 63 year old retiree. I mean, it's all over the place, but I would say the target demographic and the people we have the most of are kind of that you know, mid twenties to mid thirties, they've had good high paying jobs. Maybe it's working for a financial firm or a lawyer or something like that. And they're just, you know, they've got money, but they're just not happy. They're not happy doing the stuff that they're doing. And you know, that a lot of them want to travel. They just, they want something more. And you know, that's the big common denominator between everybody that's in the program is they all are just looking for something better. So I know there's a lot of people like that that listen to this show. And, you know, have you ever had that experience where you like shake somebody's hand and they tell you what they want to do with their lives and you can kind of know in an instant, like whether or not they're going to get there with their current mindset. And I know you probably see that in your membership group. So I wanted, what I want to do with you today is pull out five make it or break it mindsets that you think help people make this entrepreneurial leap. All right. And so the basic supposition here is that if you can get yourself straight on these mindsets, you're not going to be that person that, you know, I or Sean Ogle is going to look at you in the eyes and say, Ooh, I'm not sure if that guy's going to, or that guy's <laughs> going to be able to make it. Cause we all know what that guy looks like. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and I think that this fundamentally, this stuff does come down to mindset. It's just absolutely so important. So these are five mindsets that we pulled out together. So number one, people who don't blame others. And what do you mean by this? I mean, it's one of those things where everyone always seems to have an excuse. Everyone's like, you know, I can't quit my job because, you know, I've got this family obligation or I've got, you know, the, you know, boss that would, you know, jump off a cliff if I left or whatever. And everyone places right. their own problems on other people. 
And I think that the people that are going to be successful are the ones that they don't do any of that. They say, you know what? My life is my responsibility. You know, it doesn't matter what anybody else thinks or what anybody else does. Like, this is up to me. It's my job to make this happen. It's my job to make myself happy in my life. No one's going to do that for me. And so those people that take that mentality as opposed to making excuses for, you know, why they can't do something, those are the people that are going to see real success. That's so fascinating to me. And the first example is really interesting. Though these like moral places to hide your responsibilities, like especially in your family, like I can't do it because of my family, like in some ways that's a particularly dangerous one because it's one thing if you're just complaining about your lack of time, but it's another thing if you kind of like pin it on your family, like, well, I have a responsibility to them because that's a, that, that'll get you off the hook real quick, right? Yeah. And I, I've got a great, a great example of that. Something that recently happened is I got an email from someone that was getting ready to go. They were accepted to Wharton School of Business, you know, one of the best, you know, business schools in the country. And they were saying, I want to be Sean, I want to be an entrepreneur. I basically I want to live the type of lifestyle you're living. And I'm trying to decide should I spend the money and go to the school or not. And I, I gave him a long response, you know, with the caveat of I don't know your real situation. So take this for what it's worth. But I said, if you want to be an entrepreneur, it's not worth spending $100,000 to go out and get an education that's going to prepare you to work a real job. And his response was, you know, and this was a couple days later, he's like, you know, I thought about it and I think you're absolutely right, but I'm going to go to school because my family would kill me. That's a perfect example of <laughs> placing it on somebody else. You don't want to do this. You don't necessarily want to spend the money. You want something completely different, but because other people have expectations of what you should be doing in your own life, you, you know, follow down that path that, you know, you were maybe always set to go down and, you know, that's fine. You're probably going to be really successful and that's great. But, you know, deep down, it's not what you really want to do. I love, by the way, that you had the confidence and the boldness to step up and give that kind of advice. I mean, uh, how do you feel about it? I mean, that's such an incredible piece of advice to give somebody. Don't go to Wharton. I mean, how did you feel after you sent that email? Well, it was kind of tough because it's one of the, I mean, I went to business school. I went to Oregon State University. That's, you know, certainly not Wharton. Um, and to be honest, I wouldn't trade my college career. I had a great time in college. Did I learn much that was going to help me with my business? No, not really. But, you know, I paid in-state tuition. That's very different from going to Wharton. Um, and so it's, it's, it's a tough thing to do because I get emails like that pretty frequently and you don't know all of their extenuating circumstances and everything. But the bottom line is if you say you want to be an entrepreneur, you want to do something similar to what I want to do, you know, those two things tell me that Wharton is not the best move for you. If you want to go work at Goldman Sachs, go, go to Wharton. But if not, then, you know, think about it, do something else. I love it. Number two, people who are able to get past their anxiety over uncertainty and turn those feelings into a positive thing. So you've kind of become the king on the internet about facing uncertainty. So let's talk about it. This is the number one problem people have is it's uncertain. How do you turn this big gray blob of worry and uncertainty, how do you turn that into something that you get pumped up about? Well, it's one of those things, there's there's going to be uncertainty in every single thing you do. Anything worth doing, you're not going to know how it turns out. And one of the things, you know, people are like, they always tell me, they're like, I'm afraid of not having enough money. I'm afraid of my family hating. I'm afraid of all of this stuff. And one of the things I realized, and I put this into my course, Overcoming the Fear of Uncertainty, was that there is only one thing that people are truly afraid of, and that is uncertainty. It's like, you're not afraid of, 
you know, spiders. You're afraid of the uncertainty around whether or not that spider is going to bite you. You're not afraid of, you know, the dark. You're afraid of what could be lurking around. And so once you realize that the only thing you've got to get over is that fear of what's going to happen next and not knowing that, um, it gets much easier to move forward because you can start to use that to your advantage. It's like, I don't know what's going to happen. So I can make anything I want happen because it, it hasn't occurred yet. You know, I've got the power to do that. And if I take a step down this path, which, you know, is, might seem risky, might seem uncertain to me, that could pay off so much more than going down the route of where you pretty much know what's going to happen. You take the traditional job and you, you know, get married and have the house with two and a half kids and all of that stuff. I mean, you pretty much know how that's going to play out. And if you take the other path, you know, the sky's the limit because most people don't do that. And you're setting yourself up where you can become, you know, an expert at something. You're setting yourself up where you can be a business owner. I mean, who knows what you're going to do, um, but without embracing that uncertainty, you're never going to be able to go down that path. I love that. So you frame it up for people basically like there's only one thing you need to focus on, which is dealing with this fundamental uncertainty. You know, for me, it's like, it's sort of a mindset towards life in general, like taking business and life as a game rather than um, something that's like a set path. And like, I think people, they don't mind uncertainty when they know the rules of the game. So like if you're playing, if you're a basketball player, you don't know what's going to happen in that game, but you feel pretty comfortable with that because you understand the rules. And I think it's sort of the same thing with business. Once you get that like positive feedback loop going and you you, like start to get the rules of the game, it's like, Hey, I I can pretty much take anything that's going to come here because I know how this stuff works. And I think it's important. It's like with any game, once you know the game well enough, you can start to use those rules to your advantage. Maybe it's the little known rules that nobody knows about, or, you know, the loopholes where you can kind of worm yourself in. I mean, those are the, that's the exciting part about taking the route that's full of uncertainty is you can start to exploit all of those things that, you know, most people don't know about. I mean, that's kind of what I've done. You know, it's like this whole idea of you can, you know, build a business and work from anywhere. The majority of the world does not realize that that's a possibility, or if they do, they choose not to accept it. And so I say, Hey, look at this, you can do it, you know, just by changing the rules a little bit um, or exploiting the rules that are already there, you know, you can do some really cool things. And I think that's just a message that I'm trying to get across in everything I do. Number four, people who aren't afraid to reach out to others and as a correlate to that, people who know how to do it correctly. So this is a fascinating one. And we've actually done a podcast episode on on this very topic, a whole like 40 minute episode, because this is huge. All right, so first step, people who aren't afraid to reach out to others, what do you mean by that? you're not going to be able to do this alone. It doesn't matter what you want to do. If you want to start a business, if you want to travel, I don't care what it is, you need other people, whether to give you moral support, whether to partner up with for business, whatever it is, you need other people. So you need to learn how to reach out to them properly, whether that's through email, whether that's you know cold calling or just calling up a stranger that you don't know, whether that's actually meeting someone in person, it doesn't matter what it is. You just need to learn how to you know introduce yourself to people, how to reach out to people for help, how to offer help in areas that you know that you can provide value. And let me put the brakes on this conversation and just underline this because you know as you said that, I'm just like nodding my head and internet business in particular, I think gives people with certain social anxieties that might be pretty profound in their lives, they get this thought that maybe they could run a business without ever reaching out to people. Maybe they could make a bunch of money in their bedroom, just staring at their laptop. And I think that this is one of the most dangerous ideas that exists for internet business people. 
you can't do that. I, I'll come out strong and say, you, I believe what you're saying, Sean. You need to get with other people on this stuff. Almost all of the successes I've seen, unless you're some insane developer, they come from people reaching out, making connections. I could not agree more. I mean, it's one of those things you're going to see the few examples of people that, you know, they become crazy affiliate marketers and they do all of that by, you know, sitting in front of their laptop for 16 hours a day. But, you know, that's the exception to the rule. You know, the more people you know, the greater your chances of success. You know, the more people that like you, the greater chance, the bigger your network, you know, the better chance you have of succeeding. And for someone, for you to come out, you know, you maybe want to go travel, you want to live a location independent lifestyle or whatever you do, you know, you're going to need as many of those connections as you can possibly get. So you've got to start reaching out to people. So let's talk about the final point, because I want to bring up some other stuff after this. So let's talk about the final point. Seeing opportunity versus seeing liability. Most people see liabilities in life. You're seeing opportunities. How do you make that mindset shift? But, you know, it's one of those things where you see most people and you'd be like, oh, that could be a good idea. It's like, how many times are you like, you know, walking down the street and you're like, oh, look at that. That's cool. Eh, that could be a good business opportunity or something like that. And then how many times does someone come back and be like, yeah, well, actually, you know, we'd have to do this and this. Hey, it would never work. You know, it's being able to not only see opportunity, recognize opportunity, but being willing to go down the rabbit hole a little bit, not immediately saying, you know what, that's not going to work. Because, you know, if you automatically think nothing's going to work, then, you know, you really shouldn't be an entrepreneur. You shouldn't have a business because, you know, the most successful people are the ones that see good opportunities in places that, you know, ordinary people may not. And not only that, but they're willing to follow up with it. And so, you know, it's pretty much... I don't care what you say, you know, you'll hear a lot of people say this, you know, a lot of successful people say this, that um, there's opportunity everywhere. If you say that you're not starting a business because you don't have a good idea, that's ridiculous because there's, you hear dozens of good ideas every single day, whether you realize it or not. Yes. You know what I think that is? It's about engagement. You know, the people who are sitting back trying to spitball a business idea, they're not engaged in any entrepreneurial activity. The moment you're engaged, you have too much opportunity. There's too many things that you could do to, to make money, and, and it becomes about effective decision-making. So I absolutely agree with that. Sean, you've got some secret sauce, and I'm going to try to pull it out of you. So I'm going to put you on the spot on a couple things. You are an exceptional blogger, and you are also an exceptional networker. People trust you. People want to work with you. So first things first, why are you such a great blogger? This is like that Nietzsche book. He wrote, he wrote a whole chapter called Why I Am So Wise. Sean, why are you such a great blogger? Tell us what is your secret sauce? Why are you more successful than, I mean, we were talking the other day here in the pool, all the Tropical MBA guys, you know, we were talking about there's hundreds of lifestyle design bloggers that are just nowhere. And somehow you came out on top. Why? You know, I think one of the most unique things about my site is that you can follow me from A to Z. You can see when I was totally clueless, all the posts that I wrote sitting in my, you know, cubicle, you see me go through the process of quitting my job. You see me, you know, move out to Thailand to try and start a business. You see me come back. You see the success of the business. You know, it's not like I'm one of those super untouchable bloggers that just all of a sudden seem to be, you know, an A-lister from day one. Um, I struggled. You can go back and read the posts. You know, people can relate to the, you know, six months of posts I had where I was totally clueless before I quit my job. And I think that that gives me a big opportunity or a big, you know, asset in the sense that people can relate to me. 
Um, and you know, people can go in and they can see that. And not only that, it's that I didn't stay stagnant. There's so many of these people, so many of these, you know, so-called lifestyle design bloggers that, you know, they'll start writing about how they're going to do all this stuff, how they're going to do all this stuff. And then they don't ever do it. And one thing I've done a good job is, is I, I constantly moving forward, whether it's, you know, doing more travel, starting new businesses, you know, whatever it is, is I try not to, you know, keep things stale. And, you know, I think I'd like to think I've done a good job of that. And I'd like to think that's part of the reason of my success. But, uh, you know, you tell me. <laughs> I think I think taking action is wonderful. I mean, I think one of the other things that you've done um, is, yeah, I mean, people start just eating their own dog food because they're just reprocessing the same ideas. How to get motivated to write a blog post. Well, I just wrote a blog post. So I'm going to write a blog post about how to get motivated to write a blog post. Whereas on location 180, you're seeing you like you're writing now, like, you know, articles about advanced level SEO and membership sites and all this stuff that like, you know, other members, lifestyle design bloggers who would never take in that action. And then speaking of taking action though, what's interesting about your blog to me is that how many posts do you have there? Uh, it's going on like 220, 230, something like that. I think there's something to be said about like just persistence. I, f I think you sort of out hustled the other guys too. <laughs> Did you feel like that? Well, you know, in my life, I have like, I will be the first person to say I am the worst at following through with things. Like I am the best at generating ideas, getting started and like doing all this. But when it comes to like, follow, I have to be really passionate about something if I'm going to follow through with it. And so to see this blog over two years after I started it to see that I have, you know, had at least, you know, eight posts or whatever, like every single month. And the fact that I have stuck to it, like it's really impressive to me. You know, I'm very proud of myself for that. That's actually probably one of the top five things I'm most proud of in my life. Um, and I think that that's absolutely a key to success. You'll see some of these bloggers will write, you know, a post a month, if that, and they wonder why they don't have more traffic. And it's because, well, you have to be consistent. People have to know when to expect, you know, your writing. You know, I try and always post on Mondays and Thursdays. People look for it. Sorry, to go off on a tangent, you could say that's why most people haven't been successful video blogging, is you have very few people that do that consistently. I think that's actually a big opportunity is video blogging for people that can do that five to six times a week. Yeah, it's expensive in terms of time and resources, and that's why people can't seem to stick to it. But if they can, or if you can find a way to work that into your day-to-day -day life, um, assuming that you've got interesting things to say and you're not just you know sitting at a desk talking to a camera, um, you know I think there's big opportunity there. All right, so one other piece of secret sauce. You are always networking with ballers, influencers in your industry, and people are always you know, people see you as a baller too. They're trying to network with you. What are the success moves there? How do you, how, you know, what are you doing that's getting you audience with these players? You know, first off, I try, a lot of the biggest relationships I have are with people I've met in person. Meeting someone in person absolutely gives you you know, a hundred times head start with someone that's just reaching out via email. If I can sit down, whether it's like I'm at South by Southwest and I, you know, meet someone at a party and I have a 15 minute conversation with them, you know, generally I've got a pretty good memory. Um, you know, I remember people and I'll address them by their names. And I think that's one thing you'll see across the board with a lot of successful people is that they will remember who you are. And so, you know, I can go and I can draw upon the fact it's like, oh, hey, you know, remember we had, you know, dinner with so-and-so at this party at this time. They're like, oh, yeah, that was a lot of fun. You really know what you're talking about. It's like being able to meet someone in person, number one, that is absolutely the best way to form relationships. Um, 
you know, two, I try not to ask for much in the beginning of relationships. Um, I try to just, you know, offer help whenever I can. I try and be as genuine as possible. I don't try and do anything salesy or schemey or, you know, make terrible pitches or anything like that because that's what most people do. Most people say, look at this big blogger. I want you to, you know, promote me via Twitter or on your site. How, how, how can you do that for me? Because I'm, I'm going to, your audience is going to love me. Just being genuine and, you know, not asking for too much too early is a real key to success. And one final point, uh, you know, we were talking about this before the phone call, and I think this is something that you do well and is so critical when you're reaching out to people that are busy and influencers is people will often like ask you for what you want to have done. And I think what you need to do is if you want to contact an influencer, you just need to go to them directly and say exactly what you intend to do and just have them just be asking for a sign off essentially at that point, rather than going to them and saying, uh, you know, I'll work for you for free. Just let me know, delegate to me what you want to do. I'm always like smacking my face when people say that to me. It's like, geez, if you knew how far I was far behind I am on delegation right now with the people that I pay money to, you know, <laughs> I mean, it's like... I mean, what do you think about that? It's so true. If you think you can help me, make it explicitly clear what you're going to do and why I cannot say no to you. Don't say, I would love to do your SEO. I do SEO. I know SEO. Like, I don't need someone else to, you know, do it for me for the most part. Um, You know, tell me, you know, very, very specifically. I can get you a thousand new subscribers by crafting your auto blog or your autoresponder series in this way and offering this thing. And I can, I can make all that happen for you. All you have to say is yes, you know, be very, very specific. And, you know, I get so many emails each week with, you know, paragraphs and paragraphs and paragraphs about people's life story and, you know, how they can help me or how I can help them or whatever it is. If you want me to, if you want a response for me quickly, five sentences or less. Five sentences or less, and I will guarantee you, I will probably respond to you as soon as I open the email. If it gets into five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten paragraphs, then I'm going to save it for later, and I may or may not ever get to it. All right. Speaking of brevity, you're launching a product on Tuesday. Let's give the elevator pitch. I want to know who's it for and who's it not for. Let me know in less than a minute. Okay, Location Rebel is all about building real skills that you can turn into a business that you can run from anywhere on earth. So most people, they're like, I want the four-hour work week thing. I want to be an affiliate marketer. I want to make all this money online, and that's how I'm going to do it. And then they try and they fail. So Location Rebel teaches you from eight very successful entrepreneurs in these industries how to do things like search engine optimization, how to do copywriting, technical writing, whatever it is. So there's like eight different ones at the moment. And we walk you through like exactly, here's where you start, here's what you do next, here's what you do next, this is how you do it. And then we take you and we give you the business skills necessary to learn how to build leads, to learn how to build an online presence, how to cultivate you know relationships and turn them into clients. And then we support you every step of the way through the community forums, which have just been in the beta launch. We've only had like 20 people in there and I've just been really, really impressed to see the quality of information that's coming out of those. So in a nutshell, that's basically what Location Rebel is all about. And who's it not for? If you're on the fence about this, who would you say this product would not benefit them? You know, if you're already a ways down the road in internet marketing, um, or you've got a really specific skill set already that you want to turn into a business, then this probably isn't going to be for you. You know, 
I can, you know, especially in the forums as well, I can really help you with all the internet marketing stuff. But if you're a pro already, then you don't need to spend, you know, the money on this product. If you don't want to learn the skills, if you don't think that, you know, the skills and the blueprints are going to help you, whether you turn that into a freelancing business or you parlay that into just, you know, furthering your own endeavors. Um, if you don't think it's going to be beneficial, then, you know, don't join because then you're really not going to get out of the program what it's intended to give. That's locationrebel.com. So anybody's interested, just go check out locationrebel.com. It's the real deal. I'm in there. I'm in the forums. I love it. And speaking of locations, I'll see you here in Bali in just a few days. So the talk, walking the walk, buddy. That's what we call walking the walk. (laughs) I will be launching the program. I will be launching Location Rebel from Dan's back porch in Bali. So, you know, if that's not being a Location Rebel, then I don't know what is. Cheers. All right, Sean, talk to you shortly. All right, Ian, a pretty easy episode for you. You didn't even have to do anything. How do you feel about that? That's like, that must be outsourcing or some kind of crazy amount of leverage you've got here. Well, we're talking about Sean becoming successful. I think he is on his way to becoming quite successful. Uh, he's basically taking over my spot in the podcast. I don't know how I feel about that, really. But uh, yeah, way to go, Sean. You, you've worked your way into my job. He's so, so good. Uh, he never really gave me a straight answer. I was like, why don't you do a podcast, man? You're so good. Well, I'll tell you why he doesn't do a podcast. is because he's too damn good looking. We have to do podcasts. I mean, Sean's going to be on television. <laughs> Yeah, I totally agree with that. Well, all right, let's move on to the quick tips, tricks, and or funny jokes section. All right, Ian, one quick tip. I got to give a huge shout to Brendan Tully, a DCer who slapped me up, has been slapping us up in the DC forums. He has a great business uh, that I actually talked to him the other day called the Search Engine Shop. He's based out of Sydney, Australia. I got 200 plus RSS subscribers to the Tropical MBA overnight, Ian. And here's the basic issue. So people sign up for a FeedBurner account and they associate that with their blog in one way or another. And there's a bunch of ways you can do that. Thesis has like sort of an automatic little thing where you can enter in your FeedBurner address. And the reason you put in a FeedBurner address is so that you know how many people were on your RSS feed. And so I had this number in my mind, like that's how many people read the blog via RSS, you know? And then Brennan was like, hey, you're an idiot because you didn't do this one thing. And it turns out that like all these huge name bloggers, I'm not going to call them out on the show, but these big bloggers, like they're not doing this either. And so I said, okay, fair enough. Like, and I went and implemented it. And then I woke up the next morning, turned on my fever and I had over 200 people were not counted for. It was like 250. Basically, WordPress has these default feeds uh, that come and, and they're based at an address like, tropicalmba.com slash RSS or slash feed. And basically what you need to do is redirect that feed to your feed burner account or else some people will just grab your URL and get that default WordPress feed into their reader. And that has two problems. One is that you can't control your feeds as well. And number two is that you have a poor representation of how many people are subscribing to your blog. And this is apparently like a widespread problem and I can understand how it happened. And a lot of the feeds that I'm, I realize that I'm subscribing to a lot of people's default WordPress feed and not their feed burner feed. So they don't even know I'm reading their stuff in terms of their feed burner account. So this is just a huge hack. We have at the blog, we have it like, this is super easy to change. You can do it in literally less than five minutes. It's the fastest way to get a couple hundred subscribers overnight. Anyway, Ian, 
opinion, how do I weave a couple hundred subscribers into making cold calls? Go make a cold call. <laughs> <laughs> if you really want to make a bunch of money and start a business that changes your life, work your ass off, go make cold calls and stop listening to this damn podcast. We got nothing intelligent to say. Anything you want to leave the listeners with uh, before we get off and uh, get, get hustling, Ian? That's it, man. I'll talk to you soon. All right. Talk to you next Thursday. Talk to you soon. Thanks for joining us. Can you say booyah? Booyah. Hey, everybody. Thanks for listening. Don't be shy. We've got a mailing list, lifestylebusinesspodcast.com. Go there, get yourself signed up, and we'll keep you up to date on everything.